Welcome to the Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones podcast with Rock Valley Physical Therapy. When you're looking for solutions to pain, we are here to help. Whether success for you means lifting a grandchild, getting back to work, or simply walking up the stairs without pain, Rock Valley Physical Therapy is here to help with compassionate, expert clinicians whose goal is to make care as fun and easy as possible. Each episode, we will spend time learning from healthcare providers and patients in hopes of offering solutions to your own aches and pains. Welcome back to the Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones podcast. This is your host, Sam Huey, recording live from the Greg Monson Studios in Waukee, Iowa. We are going to talk about concussions today. Um, I personally have never had a concussion, but I wondered a little bit today. I went to warm up my lunch, which embarrassingly enough was pizza rolls. And I walked over to the coffee pot while I was having a conversation and tried to put the, the container of pizza rolls in the coffee pot. So got a good laugh from my colleagues out of that. I think I may have hit my head last night and not recalled. Ended up going to the microwave. Pizza rolls turned out just fine. Uh, not too hot. Not the kind that burns your mouth when you eat them. So my lunch was just fine. If you, anybody was concerned, anybody that listens to this podcast regularly probably recognizes that I say this almost every episode, but this is yet another topic that Sam knows very little about. So I can do my, do my best at playing dumb because I don't have to play. Um, but I've got a couple of people with me today. This is the first time actually we've had two, two guests at the same time on our podcast. So hopefully there's not too much uh, talking over each other, too much arguing, but I think we'll be all right. Um, so we're, uh, we're going to highlight our athletic trainers this month in some of our marketing campaigns. So we've got an athletic trainer as well as a physical therapist with us today. Um, so Jessica Rummery is here. Um, Jessica, go ahead and unmute yourself and give us a, a brief introduction on, you know, kind of how you got into athletic training, where you're working now and, and why you're here to talk about concussions. Sure. Uh, so I'm originally from Texas and knew in high school I wanted to be an athletic trainer. So kind of been around sports my whole life. Um, I work at Bettendorf High School now, um, contracted for athletic training services through the company. And this topic has really kind of um, sparked more interest for me lately, just seeing um, more of the research that's coming out around concussions and kind of a collaborative care uh, for them, seeing that they respond better when other healthcare professionals get involved earlier. So that's kind of what's brought me to, to this point so far in my career and in this project. Excellent. Do you cover all sports at Bettendorf? All of them. All of them. Are you the, yeah. the lone athletic trainer? No, fortunately for me, I'm one of three. Um, we are all part-time athletic trainers though. So um, we kind of get it, get it done. Gotcha. Team effort. You're, yeah. You're busy. And so right now baseball's baseball and softball are starting to pick up tracks so underway. In Iowa baseball and softball are summertime. So we have both boys and girls track and soccer, boys and girls soccer going on. Nice. Yeah. So relevant topic. I mean, I know concussions are, uh, soccer is always one of the higher, uh, prevalences for concussions. So I'm, I'm sure this is a timely discussion for you. Absolutely. Great. Well, thanks. And uh, Jenna Bush has been on the podcast before, but for those who may not have listened to that episode, give us an introduction and remind us who you are, what you do. Hi, everyone. Happy to be back today. I'm still laughing at some of Sam's jokes. My name is Jenna Bush. I am a physical therapist. I um, went to Des Moines University for my physical therapy degree 
and have always had an interest in vestibular rehabilitation, which involves the inner ear. And typically a lot of patients who are dizzy or having issues with balance, concussions fall into that bucket. So in the last few years, I've done a lot more research and started treating a lot more of these patients because it goes hand in hand with some of that vestibular rehab. And it just has been really fun getting to partner with some of our other people in this company, especially people like Jess and some of our other athletic trainers to see how much better some of these people do when we all work together. So it's just a really fun population to work with. Typically people do incredibly well and physical therapy has such a huge impact. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thanks for the introduction. Let's dive right in. I know you guys have busy afternoons ahead. So, um, I think we will start with just kind of a a typical scenario. So let's say it's Friday night and Jess, you're on the sideline at the Bettendorf football game. Uh, You see a player go down. Maybe you suspect there's a head or neck injury. Um, First of all, who's out on the field checking out that player and kind of walk us through the initial stages of what that looks like. Um, So typically athletic trainers are first on scene. Sometimes there are orthopedic physicians on the sidelines. They're there as well. Uh, Typical evaluation is um, purely um, subjective initially. Um, It it can be objective, um, but a lot of times it's asking an athlete, what's going on? What are you feeling? Um, And doing an assessment that way. We also, um, once we realize things are stable, um, we'll get them off the field. And then we can use tools such as uh, our C3 logics, which is um, a concussion assessment tool um, to determine kind of if they're off from what's normal for them. We do yearly baselines. So we have that data. And when we determine there's something going on that is a concussion, we'll go from there. So it's daily symptom monitoring. A lot of times I've found that with the dizziness, like Jenna mentioned, they do really well getting into vestibular within 24 to 48 hours. So at that point I'll contact Jenna and we kind of come up with a plan to get the athlete seen and, and go from there. Great. Can, let's take a short step back there. So you mentioned C3 logics as that's the software that we use. What kinds of things is that looking at with these athletes? Sure. So that does um, symptom assessment. So graded symptom check where athletes rate several symptoms on a scale from zero to six, six being the worst, um, and then gives us a total score for those. It um, assesses balance. We do balance. It does vision, static and dynamic vision assessment, and some cognitive testing. So like brain games. Great. And so all these athletes have a baseline test from before they were hurt, of course, right? Yes. You've got this to compare to what their normal functions are, because not everybody's balance is going to be the same and not everybody's cognitively as, as uh, skilled as the next person, right? Correct. Um, and now we've got some great information following their injury. So is that information, I'll ask Jenna then, so that C3 logics information, is that, do you use that? Is that valuable to you or is that more Jessica's turf? So the really cool thing with this is that in some physical therapy settings, sometimes they will be the person that's doing those testing, but it's awesome for us because the athletic trainers are doing that. They know these kids so well that it works out great for them to do the testing because they can kind of see like, Hey, is this kid acting their normal self? Are they doing the tests as they did when they did their pre-baseline testing? Does anything else seem kind of off? So what typically will happen is then that Jess will 
or whoever the athletic trainer is that's reaching out will communicate with us about what they saw in the C3 logics or anything else they have concerns about. And then we don't necessarily do any of that testing. At least I don't personally with my patients because I trust my athletic trainer so much to keep me updated on where that's at because we work so well together um, that I don't typically use that testing in general. I will do specific testing more, more specific to balance that they may need to utilize for the sport that they're going back to or the visual type of activities that they're going to be doing or any types of acceleration or cognitive things that may be affecting them in that respect versus just utilizing that testing. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense because Jess would pick up on some things that maybe the test doesn't or don't fit on, on paper in air quotes, right? Because she knows what's normal for that kid and what's not. And Jenna may have never met the kid. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, their relationship with these kids is so helpful in the fact that they can let us know ahead of time, like, hey, I just feel like something's off. Maybe their testing is okay, but can you take a look at this person? Yeah. So, so Jess, um, after injury Friday night, you know, kind of when's your next check-in point with that athlete? And then, you know, at what point is it appropriate to send that person to someone like Jenna or or continue to work with them yourself? How does that look? Right. So with concussions, we check in daily. Um, it's uh, a lot of monitoring on our end, basically their symptom, either pro progression, resolution, um, or deterioration, just depending on where that's headed for the athlete. So we check in daily, we do daily symptom checks. And I like to, if, if I've got an athlete that's experiencing a lot of dizziness within the first 24 hours. I liked to refer that just to get whatever manual therapy they could get from Jenna and whatever assessment, um, as far as the vestibular system, which I'm not comfortable with, um, as far as evaluating even, um, I like to do that as soon as possible. So once we monitor, um, their symptoms and we see a resolution in that, Jenna and I kind of work together as far as like keeping in touch with how the athlete is progressing and recovering. And then we will take over when the athlete symptoms have resolved and the vestibular things have cleared up that genesis and we start them on a return to play or return to learn protocol, um, that's established through the school district. And then do you make sure that's being followed or is that the, the school nurse or how, how does that yeah. work? If it's a sport related concussion, we manage that. Okay. Yeah. And, and maybe districts are different on that. Cause I know some schools, the school nurse tends to be the one overseeing that. So it's either way, it's got to be communicated and, and mm -hmm. done properly that way. Um, so dizziness might be something that throws up a flag to you that says, all right, let's get, let's get Jenna involved. Um, so Jenna, you get this dizzy patient now, right? You've done your assessment. What types of things are you either continuously assessing or how would you treat this patient? So I actually utilize, when you asked me that question earlier, thinking about it now, I'm going to re-respond a little bit. I actually utilize that symptom scale some too, so that we're staying consistent. And what we mean by symptom scale is asking them, like, are you having dizziness, headaches, any fogginess, any changes in vision? And they will rate these things on that same zero to six scale. So those are all the things that we're kind of assessing and going through as we're, as we're evaluating these kids. Um, but back to Sam's question, a lot of what I'm doing with that type of a patient is checking to see if it's coming more from something like 
their visual system, meaning when they move their eyes, are they getting dizzy? Or is it coming from when they do fast head movements, are they getting dizzy, which would key me in a little bit more on that system that I assess that's called your vestibular system? Or is their balance affected? Or is it loud sound? So it's a lot of sifting through the different, the different um, symptoms that they're feeling subjectively that they're telling us about, and then trying to determine where is that coming from? So for most of these kids, because of the injury, it's typically a lot of they get a lot of tension in their neck. They develop a lot of headache symptoms along with the dizziness. So most of the time we're trying to get that resolved first and make sure that they feel really comfortable with things like moving their head or being in really busy environments. And then we're sifting into some other things like eye movements, head movements, performing things like catching a ball. Can they see it come at them fast and can they actually react quick enough to do that, which that testing that Jess was talking about earlier tests their reaction time a lot as well. So we're really just incorporating all of the systems, trying to make sure that they're working at the highest capacity that they can to make sure these kids are safe to go back to these activities. Great. So while you're doing that with them, then Jess's uh, return to learn program is being implemented at the same time. So they're working back into schoolwork. Jess, can you talk, I know we're kind of bouncing back and forth here, but talk to us maybe what that, what that looks like in a typical situation. So um, return to learn is just kind of progressing to a symptom threshold. So with the amount of time that an athlete will spend on a task or the amount of time they'll spend in front of a screen. Um, sometimes you start with no school and then a half day. Um, sometimes you offer breaks every 10 or 15 minutes. They go to the nurse's office and chill out. Um, it, it's different for everyone. That's kind of the the complexity of concussions is that not one is the same to the other. Um, so it, there's variables you just have to adjust. And as they work, and what I mean by symptom threshold, I guess, is to, we don't want to make symptoms worse. So if they can spend 20 minutes reading and their symptoms don't worsen, then they can do that activity. But if they can only spend five before their symptoms gets worse, that's the most that they'll, they'll be doing. So either of you can answer this question. Um, what's the, what's the harm in them reading too much or looking at a screen too much and ramping these symptom up, symptoms up? So it's really difficult to say harm here. Uh, it's sort of a gray area. There's still a lot of literature being done to try to figure out like when is the appropriate time for these kids to be starting stuff again and how much is too much. So I think it's really difficult for me to sit here and say that there there's a certain thing that we're looking for, if that makes sense. But um, what we're trying to do is slowly grade them back into activities without getting to them to the point where there's at this like heightened stress state of so much awareness of all of their issues that they are starting to like backtrack, if that makes sense. So without getting too medical into the terms here, we're basically just trying to slowly grade them back into that activity at a way that they feel really comfortable doing so. And that's safe to them as that athlete. So if they're rushed back too quickly, they could potentially have exacerbation of symptoms, snowball backwards and basically backtrack. I'd yeah, like to add too, um, sorry, Jenna, I, it's just like training for a race, right? You can't go out on your first day and, and run the distance of the race. So it's, it's just a, a, a controlled progression to tolerance for the activity that they're doing. 
that's a that's a good analogy is there a point at which it's no longer considered normal to have some of these symptoms after a concussion or is that variable in the person their age their activity um i i would say that when you look at symptoms that are lasting months um i would say if symptoms aren't resolving within the first week um, you should probably be looking into that more. And I don't mean go away completely in the first week, but at least be improving. Um, there is uh, a syndrome called post-concussion syndrome, and that is where your symptoms don't resolve after a long time. And so there are people who've had concussions and haven't kind of progressed properly through their recovery, and they have headaches months and years later. Um, so. So that could also be a potential negative of rushing into the screen time or the reading or the activity quicker than recommended. Absolutely, Sam. And just to kind of top on what Jess said there too, is that just for anybody that may be listening to this, like if, if you're somebody or you know somebody that's experiencing these symptoms, even if it does turn into a post-concussion type syndrome, meaning that you maybe had a concussion in your past and you have some symptoms of dizziness or headaches. Those are things that even if it's been going on for a long time, we can still help you. So that's what we really want to get out, especially here today on this platform is that that's something that still warrants you going to see your physical therapist or giving somebody a call to have that checked because you don't have to deal with that. I mean, that's something that we can help out with. And you don't have to be an athlete to get a concussion, right? I mean, we see people at work that hit their heads or, you know, at home playing with their children that hit their heads and have concussions. So I think to Jenna's point, this is not just for athletes or parents of athletes or coaches that are potentially listening. Um, this is for anybody that may have had an injury like this or a family member. Um, so if I'm that person that hit my head six months ago and I still have ongoing headaches, where do I start? How do I get to somebody like, you that knows what to do with me? Great question, Sam. So the awesome and super exciting thing for you guys here to make this so easy for you is that all you have to do is call your physical therapist that you trust today. So if you don't have that person, call somebody that, or ask somebody in town or somebody that you know, that's had a good experience with physical therapy and give us a call, call one of our clinics, let us know, because all you have to do is call our clinic you can schedule an appointment because we have something that's called direct access, which means that you do not need a referral to come to physical therapy for most insurances. And if you call and let us know that's an insurance that you that may need one, we will let you know when you call us. So you do not need that referral. Just give us a call. Yep. And even if you do need a referral, most of the time we can we can talk with your primary care doctor or whoever that may be and, and get that taken care of. Um, I'd like to kind of wrap up with, you know, the Rock Valley guarantee with that we talk about is um, if we can't get you better, we'll find somebody who can. So for example, if somebody called my clinic and asked for, you know, somebody that can treat their concussion symptoms, it's not going to be me, but I've got another therapist here that does a great job. We've got several others in our region that do a great job. We've got a sports medicine doctor that is, you know, a great resource for us here. So ultimately you know, through direct access, the physical therapist in this situation or the athletic trainer through the school can be the person that guides this care and directs it to get to the right person, whether it's them or not. Um, 
So if, if one of you wouldn't mind, as we kind of wrap up here, the other profession I just mentioned was the sports medicine doctor. So what is their role at times, you know, with, with this type of an injury? Is it, is it imaging? Is it medication? Is it reassurance that nothing else is going on? What do you see with that typically? I, I would say that it's probably all of the above. Um, they are definitely a resource for us. Um, they're a lot of times kind of an, another set of eyes. So if things aren't moving along again, this would be a thing where Jenna and I could have a conversation and say, this something else is going on and it's time for, for us to refer this and, and to get a little bit more detailed help. Some, some sports med physicians do prescribe medication um, to help people with their symptoms. Um, I, I think that imaging is kind of, and Jenna, I could be wrong here. So um, imaging is kind of a last resort. You don't really see concussions on imaging um, studies unless it's a severe head trauma um, kind of situation. Yeah, Jess, I mean, I would say on that, that imaging is a tool, right? Just like anything else that we utilize in all of our practices in healthcare and medicine. Um, if a kid, a kiddo is having some really severe symptoms or even anybody in the community, then that medical provider is somebody that can be there to make sure that that gets checked if we're worried about something more serious than a mild concussion or something that we can treat in our clinics. Also, if we see them a few weeks later and they're having symptoms that we're concerned about that maybe something else needs to be further assessed, that's when that medical provider really can step in and be that person for us to make sure that we're getting all of our boxes checked and that these kids and these community members are safe and getting everything assessed. So it really works out and rounds out as a great team with that sports med doc. Well, I'd like to thank both of you for your time here today. Uh, Jess, thanks for all the hard work you do with these kids every day. And, uh, the, the teamwork you guys demonstrate and that you talk about is just awesome. I mean, within the team of Rock Valley and then externally, like you just mentioned with, with other providers, with coaches, um, with the parents and the kids. So thanks for all you do. Um, we also learned today that you cannot cook pizza rolls in a coffee maker. Um, so I may be uh, seeing one of you guys for my own uh, cognitive issues here next week, if that continues. Um, thanks to everybody that listened today. Remember to check out our website, rockvalleypt.com, as well as our Facebook for more info about Rock Valley and all of the services that we offer. We now have 60 clinics serving Iowa, Illinois, and Nebraska, and our employees live out our tagline every day with the goal of making better lives.